This message is brought to you by The Covenant Nation. Okay, uh, let's just say a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the presence of your spirit, the guiding of your people. As we go into your word this morning, I ask you grant utterance. Your word goes forth, unhindered by any demonic force, in simplicity but with accuracy and in power, that our hearts will be established in your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Once again, it's good to be in Manchester. And this morning... This morning, I just want to um, share something that is very, very important um, to our Christian faith and your effectiveness as a Christian. And what I want to speak about, if we will just use direct biblical um, translation for it, we'll call it the renewing of your mind, um, which is something that has to be done, understood, and practiced by every single Christian. I mean, if people are praying and praying and praying continuously about things and they are not finding results to their prayers, then where I will start with is about whether or not their minds are renewed concerning the things they are praying about, or they understand that the first step in answer to prayer is that God wants to renew your mind. Uh, because um, the scripture tells us that any man who is double-minded, uh, let not that man think he shall receive anything from the Lord. Now, in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, uh, the Bible says, We should not be conformed to this world, but that we should be transformed by the renewing. Right, I'm look at that. That's 12 and 2. All right. It says, and don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove or experience that which is the good, perfect, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So here it tells us that transformation is based solely upon the renewing of your mind. And what transformation means is a total change in your outward appearance. In other words, the form of your life. In fact, James chapter 1 and verse 2 says, let God change the landscape of your life. So it's a total change in the landscape of your life. And the only area that God says I want to address first is your mind. If I can renew your mind, if you will allow me to do that, then there will be a total transformation 
in your life. A transformation, the same root word where we get metamorphosis. In other words, somebody looks like a caterpillar. Inherently, they have the capacity and ability to fly like a butterfly, right? The yearnings are on the inside of them. Those yearnings are what we call the desire or vision that is on the inside. And it says for that vision, desire, or yearning to be fulfilled, then there has to be the renewing of your mind. So it's not a change first on anything on the outside because once we think things on the outside must change first, then we are given power to what is on the outside and not what is within. For the kingdom of God dwells on the inside of you. It says, if any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture says, is out of his or her innermost being will flow rivers of living water. So the power resides on the inside. We've got to get that first. Uh, the Bible tells us in Isaiah 53 verse 1 and 2, it says, as a tender plant growing out of a dry ground. That God didn't change the condition of the ground first, but he caused a plant to grow out of it. So the change is going to come or is going to start with what is called the renewing of our minds. So when God gives a promise to us and he tells you something that is massive, or shows you something about your future. I intend to know this. What we've got to understand is he's, he, he's indicating, and this is where we fail. He tells us something, and let's assume we are, when he gives us the promise, we're in that caterpillar stage. That's how we are. So it looks impossible. He, he says, look, you'll be able to fly from this point to that point in... 10 seconds, 5 seconds. And the caterpillar looks and says, I don't even have the capacity to do it. Now, what we start doing in prayer is that we start praying, God cause me to fly. Or bring somebody my way that will just take me up and do this. And we are praying external prayers. But what God is saying here is that I'm the one who is at work in you, both to will and to do of your good pleasure. So work out your salvation. So he's saying the work has to be done. And once we submit to this, we are going to have a great acceleration in our progress we make in life. Once we submit to the fact that the real work has to be done on the inside of me, the change has to be made within me. For example... In 2 Peter, it tells us God is not slack concerning his promises as men count him to be slack. But the issue is that he's not willing that any should perish, but they should come to repentance. The word repentance and the word transformation are exactly the same. In other words, what God is saying is, this promise I've made, I'm not, I, all I'm waiting for, I say, well, it's taking so long. He says, listen. The reason why it seems to be taking so long, I can do it in a day. But you have got to be, first of all, transformed. If that transformation, you allow me to do that work 
of transforming you. That's why he says his purpose is that he will conform us to the image of Jesus Christ. That's the work God wants to do. Once there's that conform, you're conformed to that image, then you can go out and you can, you know, get anything done, as it were, because he has put the capacity on the inside of you to get it done. So he wants to change us. But because we don't understand that, we could be looking on the outside, God, when are you going to do this thing? All right, God, when are, you, when are you going to do this thing? All right, a person can be praying in their office, God, you know, I need promotion, I need promotion, I need to be promoted. But God says, all right, you need to be promoted. I will change you to a person that will enter into that status automatically. In other words, your capacity will increase. Uh, the value that you bring to the job will be multiplied. The level of intelligence that you are going to show the reason why Joseph was promoted wasn't that, you know, they just liked him. Joseph showed a skill that nobody had. Uh, Potiphar watched Joseph. He saw he was a man of capacity. Anything they placed under Joseph prospered. He moved him to the managerial position. It was so. He said, then you can become CEO of everything. Same thing with Daniel. They saw capacity. So God says, listen, once I can change and transform you within, then all these other things, that's why he says, seek you first the kingdom. And that's what he was speaking about. Seek you first this transformation and all these other things shall be added unto you. So when God gives us a promise, he says, what I want you to do is the caterpillar spins a cocoon around itself, goes into a place of stillness and quietness. It deact it, it, all activities stop. It's like there's a deactivation. And it enters into a certain mode. And then after that, it emerges as, quote-unquote, another creature that now easily steps into the very thing that God wants it to be. So what God is saying to us also is that there needs to be deactivation. When Adam looked around and nothing on the outside satisfied him, God said, we deactivate everything. You're going to a deep sleep. This is what I'm talking about here. All right? There will be deactivation. You spin a cocoon around yourself. You undergo what is called the renewing of your mind. When that happens, you emerge as another person manifesting my divine nature all right, in your mortal flesh, showing forth qualities uh, uh, and things, all right, that are unusual, and you will see that the natural consequence of the way in which you are will be the fulfillment of that uh, particular thing. So God is not going to change things on the outside first. Uh, he is going to change you on the inside. And once you submit to that process there. In other words, you are not looking for progress from any new email that comes in, any signal on the outside, but you are monitoring the progress of the divine nature growing on the inside of you. Are you following what I'm saying? And it will start immediately. And as that begins to occur within you, after some time, you'll become all right, the type of person 
that cannot be ignored on this earth. Now, what stopped the nation of Israel from going into the promised land? All right? What stopped them? The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 8. Oh, let's look at Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 6. It tells us, since therefore, the, since therefore it remains that some must enter in, and those to him whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. So what we're saying is, to the casual observer, they say, well, the reason why they couldn't go in is because there were giants in the land. That wasn't why they couldn't go in. The reason why they couldn't get in was because of unbelief that was within them. So, in verse 11, it says, Let us therefore labor that we may enter into rest, lest anyone falls after the same example of unbelief. In other words, the labor is to eliminate what resides on the inside of you that is stopping you from going in. Do you get what I'm saying here? The labor there is not to change things first on the outside. The labor is to eliminate, all right, what resides on the inside of you. I mean, let me give an example. The fact that a person even fasts for 40 days over something doesn't mean that they are in faith for that thing. All right? These things lie on the inside. I don't show where it comes from. And we'll get into the message. Because if this work of renewing of the mind is not done, you can never accept, naturally speaking, that anything can happen to you except you have experienced it in your past. And I explain what I'm saying. So when the church came together to pray about the, the, the Peter that had been arrested and was going to be killed, the Bible says prayer was offered by the church for Peter without season. In other words, it was a prayer chain. 24-7, all the apostles were gathered there. All the people that prayed on the day of Pentecost, all of them essentially were in that meeting. They were all traveling, and you can imagine how much they were doing that in prayer. And then a knock came on the door, and Rodas heard the voice of Peter, and came in, and said, listen, Peter is alive. He's at the door. Their first response was, thou art mad. Now, how can you be in a prayer meeting for the release of a person, and then the sound of the person at the door, and the first response is, you are mad. And the whole church said it. There was no, there was no, 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 you must, no. everybody said you are mad. In other words, even though we are praying, the image we have seen is that Peter is dead. So what we are waiting for is to hear the news that is gone so that we can stop this fast. Are you following what I'm saying here? We're tired. This thing is just going on. All right? And then when she kept insisting that it was so, and they saw that she was certain that she, she heard a voice, they said it must be his ghost. That Peter, as far as we're concerned, is dead. So that somebody is in deep motion in prayer doesn't mean their mind accepts that that thing can happen. Now, why was the church in that state? 
The church was in that state because James had just been killed. And once you have experienced something negative, it plays on your mind. So, somewhere at the back of the mind, they expected that, look, if James, who was technically the leader of the church in Jerusalem, could be killed this way, anybody can die. That was what they accepted. So, here's what happened. When Pharaoh saw, uh, because let me just go straight to him. In Exodus, that he said, at one point, Pharaoh came up and said, look, these people that we see are mightier than us. These Israelites. He said a time will come where they will join forces with some outside power, outside army, and they will gain their deliverance from us. So you know what we should do? Let us, all right, make them fetchers of water and hewers of wood. In other words, let us subject them to slavery. Now, if we do that over a period of time, an adjustment is going to be made in them because of their expectations. So, what happened was that he kept doing it. And after he did it, and what really got to them, well, some teaching was that they, they, they started getting bitter about what was going on. And once they started getting bitter, Satan had got them. So, he put them there over 400 years. Now, I mean, it's just like, and so what he technically did was to change the DNA of the, of the folks. I mean, it's like piranha fish here. They put it in, an, in a small, um, well, a container, all right, and dropped it in a massive aquarium there and put all the fish there. So you could see the fish, and it feeds on other fish. And he saw the other fish, and so he was trying to get to it, trying its best to get to it, but kept hitting against the visible wall, hitting against the visible wall. They put normal fish food for it, he rejected it, said, this is what I eat, kept. After some time of repeated failure, it adjusted to the fish food and began to feed on fish food. Then they removed it and, and it mixed and blended. Some weeks before, it will have fed on those fish. Now, it's going around, which means if, the, if an experience is repeated over a period of time, you get conditioned to that experience. And once you're conditioned to that experience, if somebody comes to meet you and says, you know, in one year's time you'll be in this position, you, you, you never have heard what they said. Because the truth about the matter was, God came and took the children of Israel, God, not just an army now, took them out, parted the Red Sea right before them, fed them with manna, judged the powers of Egypt. They saw power. By the time they came out and got to the first difficulty, the first thing that they said was, let us go back. Now, these were people that prayed for deliverance. And then, were now, their own state of mind was to go back. In other words, their default mode was what? Slavery. So unless, all right, the minds of people. Now, what happened? When they faced the giants, they said, look, they are giants. Joshua and Caleb saw something different. They said, there is bread unto us. Let us go up and do what? At once. All right? So, you, I, I want to show this here. You can bring in, a lot of immigrants are coming to this country and say, look, it's very difficult for us to succeed in this country. It's based on what you're seeing. Some other people come in and say, it is very easy for us to succeed. I want to show you how to do it. It's exactly what you're saying. Because there's a covenant in Abraham that tells you that any land you're a stranger, you will inherit. 
But it will remain that way unless there's a total change in your mind. So how does this change all right, occur? That's why God told them, he said, when I found fault with them, because of the time he says, he went straight and said, I will make a new covenant. And what I'm going to do is that I'll put my laws in their mind and in their inward thoughts will I do what? Write them. So when God wants to change and transform your life from a repetition of what had happened, and I explained this, into something new, the first thing he does is that he gives you a promise. Now, let me show this. Go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13. Now, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, or persuaded, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Now, it says, for they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a better country. They that say such things based on the promise of God. And if truly they had been mindful of the country from which they came out, they would have had opportunity to have done what? Returned. But they desire a better country. So what he's saying is whatever you are mindful of, you will have the opportunity for that thing to do what? To happen. So if your mind is full of what happened in the past, that's what your, your mind is filled with, then you create opportunities for yourself to return. And I was on my way here, and I, put on, I just went to Instagram and so much, and I said, what this person said is very powerful. The person said, for, it was talking to people in entertainment industry, for all you successful entertainers who waste, all right, who waste um, your lives, will say something like that, Remember, and the person put um, an audition, I think, in an idol in America, said, remember that there have been gifted and talented people who didn't just have the opportunities you had. So what he's saying technically is that you don't just succeed by your gift and talent. You must have the opportunity to succeed. All right? Which means that the people that are doing best today singing are not the best singers. All right? So there's a place for opportunity. If you, are, if you don't have the opportunity, you, you just won't, won't do that. So there is something called opportunity. And what he's saying here is, if you are mindful of the country from which you came, you create opportunities to return. So the only way in which you can have the opportunity for the fulfillment of something is that your mind becomes full either of the past event or the promises that God is giving. Do you get what I'm saying? So God says, I will give you new promises for your future. 
Uh, are you following me here? So, I mean, if you step into a new land and people say, look, let me tell you exactly how it is here. Look, then it is exactly what they said yeah, your mind is filled with. But if you look into the word of God and you see the word of God saying something different, then what you have got to do now, all right, is to change your mind with the word of God so that when you stand with those people, you're a stranger to them. You see what he said? I say, look, you're a complete stranger, which means I don't understand what you're saying. Right? And so do that. What I want to say is that you have to have a time to move to a new level. You have to have a time period where you, where you, where you set out time there to go through this internal change, that process. It can't just happen by just doing regular things. The caterpillar won't become a butterfly by just saying that I will become a butterfly. All right, I have the potential. There's a yearning on the inside of me. It has to spin a cocoon around itself and say, look, I'm still for a period of time here for that work to be done on the inside of me. So what God does, first and foremost, is that he gives you a promise. And a promise is a goal that will require his ability and power at work in you, but it's always measurable. That's why when God says something, say you'll break forth on the left and your wine press to burst forth, he always uses words that are measurable because the mind cannot accept something that is not measurable. Are you following what I'm saying? The spirit realm is the spirit realm is eternal. The physical realm is a place of time and space. Once the physical realm was created, what God created was time and space. So he said, let there be years, let there be days. So what God does is that he gives you a promise, and that promise has time, and that promise is measurable. In other words, in five years, I'm going to do this. In three years, I'm going to do this. That's, that's the beginning of manifestation. Now, anything that can be measured can therefore be transported into the mind all right, for you to be able to appreciate it. Now, let me say an experiment here that was conducted in NASA. And I'll use it to describe what I'm saying. So they had an experiment with a particular type of um, eyewear that they had for their astronauts. So what they did was that they gave about 20 of them this eyewear here, and they were to wear it permanently for 30 days. Now, the problem that with the eyewear here, all right, was that it take, took the world and changed it. It became upside down. In other words, and you had to start moving. So everything was now upside down. So you had to move, you know, and everything was, they said, look, because you're going to space and where we're going to, I said, okay, everything was upside down. So there was, there, it was there were tense, man. They were under stress and, you know, but you just had to keep it on. So they kept it on, kept it on. And then they noticed with the first person after 26 days, what was upside down became right side up. In other words, they realized that the brain had been rewired and started seeing completely everything what different. Within 30 days, everybody had been right side up. All right? Now, they noticed also that if they did the experiment and they took it off for a period of time and you wore it back again, you start all over again. Are you following what I'm saying? Okay? So, you do that, 
it, it goes right around. So the standard is seen, all right, completely differently. Uh, what we're saying about the renewal of mind is that after a period of time, you will see this world different. When others say there's a casting down, what you will see, not that you're making it up and you're trying to wind, say, no, there's a lifting up, there's a lifting up, I'm telling you, there's a lifting up, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, there's a, I'm telling you, I'm saying, there's a, no, you just see there's lifting up. When others say there are no opportunities, you say, what are you talking about? I can see all the opportunity. In every conversation you have, ideas will be dropping. That's why God didn't say, I will change things. He said, who is as blind as my messenger and as deaf as my servant? See many things. In other words, the things are there, they just cannot see it. So when Joshua and Caleb went in and they looked, all right, when they looked at it, they said, we'll take these guys out. What they saw were not giants. What they actually saw was weakness. Look, they weren't pumping themselves up and saying, uh, guys, look, let's, let's you just fake it. Just say it now. God, if God hears you saying it, that if the greater I say that, say me great. No. Uh, did you see what Elisha did for his servant? When Elisha was calm, he said, can't you see all the troops? And Elisha said, no, don't you understand? Greater is, well, there are more than for us than against us. He said, what are you talking about? He said, God opened his eyes. When his eyes were opened, he saw it. He went into rest. In other words, any land that people look around and say, look, there's, look, look. If you change something in your mind, which one to look at today, you will see this world differently. You will, they will give you data, you look at it and you'll say, this is exactly where it is. You know, there's a chap in church who told me in Lagos, his father used to be a director in Shell. So he had some background. So a friend of his used to ask him to help them, you know, with contacts who was in business. He was an architect, an architect in New Jersey. So he'll fly to Nigeria and try to help them and, you know, all of that. So one day I asked him, I said, so he said, they just showed the data to somebody who wasn't in the old Jersey. Just look at the topography of the oil. And he looked at it and said, nah, something's not right here. He said, what do you mean it's not right? He said, there can't be oil here, oil here, and oil here, and oil here. And there's no oil in this middle region. It doesn't work this way. Ah, so that kind of, not oil. He said, it is not possible. So they called the geologist to look at it. He looked at it and said, what he's saying is correct. They said, so what do we do? They said, the oil fields that are there, go and buy them. They had given those oil fields out in 1995 to somebody, all right, who was there. And they said, there's no oil there. He said, he said okay, can we buy this? I said, he said, how much? They said, let's, so the guy said, okay, I'll sell it. So there's nothing there. They said, give it to us. They bought it. They started drilling. That year, it was the third largest deposit in the world. Of course, the person who owned the thing now came back and said, I know of that. <laughs> but how was it they were sitting on something? What I'm trying to say is that God doesn't change anything on the outside. He just opens your eyes to see what you haven't seen. So, listen. When they said... Joseph prospered. It simply meant that he saw how to do it that brought prosperity. Do you get what I'm saying here? When Jacob went into Laban's house, Jacob saw. He just saw that the way you are doing this thing is not right. In fact, if you read it very well, when they came to the well, all right, and everybody were bringing their camels and they said they should wait one time, just, uh, Jacob told him, why are you guys wasting time this way? 
Let everyone drink and go. Don't you know this is the time? You could see that the way he was thinking was different from the way everybody there. They said, oh, this is how we do it. No, 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 no. This, so it's not that something, I'm just trying to say something just magical came on him. They just saw things different. In other words, somebody is a front desk person. I say you're a front desk person. No, there's no problem here. I'm a front desk person. But you know what happens? Everybody that walks into this office goes through my eyes. Everybody that walks into this office, I listen to conversations. From what they are seeing, they just find out that, listen, the kind of people that bring business here and they come out with that information and I say, well, how did you see that? We've been here for so long. So it will take about that time of 30 days of what I want to share here to change the condition, all right, of your mind. Now, once the mind is renewed, you will develop the right belief system, knowledge, and habits that match the desires which will make them occur organically. In other words, all right, you will develop, okay, many things people believe for, they are not even supported by their lifestyle or their habits. I say, well, I believe for this. When you look at them, you know that the way you are going about your life, uh, nothing can happen, nothing. There's no magic here, nothing can happen. That's why uh, James said, faith without works. I, but show me your works, I'll tell you where you are going. So it's a change, of total change within the mind to get there. So I want to talk about that uh, process here this morning. Let me just say one more thing, all right, before um, um, we get into it. So once he gives you his promise, I want to talk about that faculty that is in your mind, all right, and you begin to take, you get the promise, all right, from his word, and you start the process there of renewal of the mind, then what's going to happen is that it's going to change the way you see things, and it's going to change the way you hear things. Okay, so one day in church, I just saw two people in the choir. They finished the choir meeting, and they were the two youngest in the choir, and they were dancing after the meeting, and I looked at their dance, and I said, Boy, come. I said, can we build a concert out of this? this we use talent, and I, they said, we can. We can do it. We can do it. We can do it. Well, to cut long story short, we moved that thing from, that's where I saw it, just from two people dancing to a massive concert that we started having, all right, where we had more people outside than inside, but I saw something in a dance. Are you following me? So everything you see, this, this is what I'm trying to say here, God is not far. That's why Solomon will say, I saw the spider, and I knew how to get into the king's palace. That the spider used, that, that the way to the king's palace is skill. Build your skill to the highest level and any, you will access any king on this earth. He said, I looked at the ants and I saw. So you, you may need a breakthrough idea in something and you just see the way the ant is carrying sugar. Ah, this is the way to transport this. Do you get what I'm saying? So this is not the God that we're quoting Greek and Hebrew but can't see. Are you following what I'm saying here? There's a God where he says that the invisible things of him can be clearly seen by the things he made. In other words, in the whole of creation, you can see God. Even his eternal power and Godhead is visible. So you start living a life where people ask you, so where do you get this idea from? 
I've said this in the Bible. I'm saying this politely. God has never promoted any daft person. Do you get what I'm saying? There's no daft person. that say, well, you know what happened? Just favor. I, you don't know how to do it, but you got to just put me there. Everybody that has been promoted has shown exceptional skill. So another, let me just say another, and then I'll relate this. Experience has carried out here because something happens to you when, you, when this happens. Now, when you look at things, the, it is said the brain, scientists have said this, the brain, the, because you don't, you don't, you don't see with your eyes, you see through your eyes. What you actually see is your, with your mind. You don't hear with your ears, you hear through your ears, but your mind is what processes it here. For example, most of you can relate with this. On my way here yesterday, coming from London, we hit a storm and the plane went boom, boom, and it was real sharp. And everybody in the plane just went woo, woo, and they also started laughing. I said, if it was Nigeria, <laughs> it is not woo, woo. <laughs> Prayers will break out. <laughs> or everybody will be calling on the name of his God. Because that action, the mind interprets it differently. Somebody interprets as science, another interprets as demon. It depends. <laughs> Are you following what I'm saying? It depends. So people can be exposed to the same thing and their reaction is different. That's why right. to some people, they count it all joy. Do you get what I'm saying there? Because they understand. You know, there was a time Bill Gates had issues when they were trying to break his company, monopoly, and, and people were going, he said, look, my friend, he said, I've been going through this all my life. It's just now that you people are hearing about it. In other words, you don't build anything like this without facing these kind of challenges. And you, that's what I'm saying. What has happened in the past, that's why when, when um, David saw Goliath, all right, he saw some, something different from what the other people were seeing. And it was based on experiences that he had had in the past. Uh, you get what I'm saying? I mean, David wasn't scared for one second. In fact, when, when they brought it, he said, tell me, what's the reward? And he said, wait, 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 let's get this clear. Because I'm beating this guy. What exactly is the reward? Tell them that they should say, put it in writing. Because he is dead. He saw it different. He didn't see, the, it wasn't like he was overcoming fear. Do you get what I'm saying? And I was scared, but I would do it. I was, no, he said, ah, this one is dead. He is dead. Just tell me what's the reward. Let's sign. All right? I will gain one, two, three. Uh, I'll become son in law to the care. I'll sign it. Are we good? We're good. Let's go. All right? Now. So the brain, they say, processes about 400 billion bits of information once you look at anything. But you only become aware consciously, that's your conscious mind now, of about 2,000. That's all you can take. Now, what determines the 2,000? Because everybody sees the same thing, but the brain recognizes. So, for example, now, I'm looking into this hall now. 
If I go out there, there might be colors that I will remember. And there are colors I may just not remember. I may see somebody one year's time and say, you are wearing a green shirt. It was this way. And somebody else will say to you that I was there, but, but I, you can't. Now, what makes that recognize? What really happens is, if, for example, let's say you are going for your first party in your life, and your mother came and bought you a particular color of a green dress, that color is in what is your recognition system. If there are 2,000 people dressed up and one person is wearing that color, you'll pick that color. Uh, do you get what I'm saying? So it is things that have happened in your past that you easily recognize when you look at things. So it picks up. So what determines that? And that part is it's what determines it, part of the brain, is called your reticular activating system, or we can say personal recognition system. All right, which means it's a, it's a personal recognition system. And it stands at the doorway there of your mind, and every form of information that comes in, it simply will recognize which ones. It selects what it wants to recognize and says, this is danger, it may not be danger. All right, when I was very young, I went to see my grandmother where she was. And there are masquerades in the area. When the masquerades came, I can remember I was underneath the bed and she, could, she couldn't stop laughing because the masquerades came to her for money. I thought they came to kill me. So one person saw death, another saw people in need. Situations come, some see the end of my life, another person sees the beginning of something new. And they're not faking it. That's how they are. So what happens? What happens? All right? I mean, friend of mine, when we finished on campus, father gave her a new car. She drove, she was in medical, she had treatment, she was a doctor then. She drove to come and see my office. said, look at the new car and said, this color is unusual. This color is unusual. I've never seen this color before. And I'd never seen it before. Until I was going home. When I got to traffic light, I looked at her. He said, you understand? Some things you have never seen before until you become aware. Once you are aware, you now realize it's everywhere. Are you following me? If your family comes and says, we're doing something, this is the mature buying all this unique. Until you go to an office, you see it's the cutting. Then you realize that. <laughs> Why didn't you know before your recognition system wasn't? All right? So what God is saying is, I will give you a promise. And if something happens on the inside of you, you start recognizing the opportunities for the fulfillment of that promise everywhere. Do you get what we're saying? And it will be hidden such that when the opportunity for its fulfillment comes, others that haven't experienced it on the inside will see disaster. Do you see what we're saying? So anytime... The, the waters are stirred up. Just know that an angel is around. Uh, you get what I'm saying? God didn't say with every temptation I will create a way of, way of escape. He said with every temptation there is already a way of escape. 
which means that there's a way has already been made. The question is whether or not you do what? See it. So we're almost like in a maze like with an ant that God looks up and the whole thing goes this way and the ant is trying to get out, trying to get out. And like you know, there's no way out of this. The ant is going. You as a human being that can see, you can see the way out. Same thing in any situation. And there's no way out. There's no way out. But you can simply see that. So what do we do to get that? So there are people now who just, and that's why they do things effortlessly. They just, all right, and what has happened is when they say they, you now have wings, what you now have, all right, is you can see and you can now hear. Uh, you've gone into that place where there's that transformation has actually happened, and because of that transformation, you can now see and you can now, all right, hear. So, there is a daily routine that we need to engage in for the renewing of a mind. It's just like, a person who daily, all right, um, 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 walks out. After some time, after some time, once that person starts walking out, within one week, they know that they have started improving because there are weights they could carry, couldn't carry, that they can now do what? Carry or at least it's easier to carry some things. But the muscles may not yet be visible to people on the outside. But then after some time, it now becomes what? Visible. So what I'm trying to say is that the reason why you get encouraged with this process is that you know you are making progress, even though it's not yet visible. And it is guaranteed, all right, to make things visible after some time. And that's why Paul said, meditate upon these things. Give yourself wholly unto them that thy profiting might do what? Appear unto all. So if you want something to appear to every single person, he says, meditate upon it and give yourself, all right, wholly to it. So what are the things you do? All right, uh, step one is, as a person, you understand that the biggest work that God is going to do now, the biggest thing he's going to do for you is on the inside of you. All right? For God is at work in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So the biggest, that's the first orientation, what God is going to do is he's going to do it on the inside of me. He's going to make me, you know, well, I mean, when I was flying in from Nigeria, I looked at the country when I was coming in. I told myself, I said, God is not partial. All right? God didn't build America, neither did he build England. If he did that, then why didn't he do it also in Africa? He didn't. God is not partial. He's the people of the country that built the country. But what God did was he built them. God builds people, people build things. God builds the man, the man builds, all right, the, the company. The, so the problem becomes, if your theology says God is the one going to do it on the outside, then all you're going to spend your time doing is praying for it to happen on the outside. 
instead of you praying for God to make you that person. And the purpose of God is that we might be conformed to his image. Do you get what I'm saying here? So what God wants to do is to change us so that we can change things on the outside. Are you following what I'm saying here? That's the shift in the mindset. So the prayer, therefore, is going to be, I'm going to spend time praying, all right, for that massive work to be done on the inside of me. And that massive work is in Isaiah 35, verse 4 and verse 6, to verse 6. And it tells us that vengeance, the Lord will come with vengeance. He will save you, verse 4 and verse 2, verse 6. He says, be strong, don't fear. Behold, God will come with vengeance. He will with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. And then he says, then the eyes of the blind shall be what? Opened. And the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. And the lame man shall leap like a deer. And the tongue of the dumb shall sing. For waters shall burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. So when he says out of your belly, he's talking about the opening up of your eyes and the opening up all right, of your ears. Okay, uh, second thing I'll say, and then I'll describe the steps here. Create a new vision, and this is what I want everybody to do, of the results in any area of your life that you choose from the promises we find in the Bible. In other words, from promises you can find in the Bible. And most Christians already have these promises. God has spoken to them. Make it crystal clear and make sure it is measurable and make sure it is quantifiable. In other words, don't just tell. One time I told God, I said, you know, I want, he said, so what really is in your heart? I said, a word-based prosperous church. He said, I don't know what you're saying. That's not measurable, it's not quantifiable. All right? And if I ask you to explain what it means, you don't know what it is. All right? Because it's as far as your eyes that can see. Then we're going to show how to build and write out a powerful, all right, declaration that describes, this is so important, what that vision is as a present reality within your life. Because anything you are going to recognize is based on something you have already experienced. So if you talk about it as something that is going to happen in the future, then you will never see the opportunity. But once you talk about it as something that has happened in your past, and while you're making those declarations, it does happen in your consciousness. There's absolutely no way in this world that you won't see the opportunities for the fulfillment of that thing. All right? Now, make sure, and this is also very powerful, you connect what you're saying to something that has happened in your past that God did, whatever it is. Whatever it is, even, even if you want it to be that, you, you grew physically. Something God did in the past. Because, you know, and, and this is very important because David could deal with Goliath because he remembered what God did in the past. Now, if you don't see, what Satan is trying to do is to play with your memory of what he did in the past to govern your life. What God wants is to get your memory to remember what he did. 
It's a play because when Ephraim, the Bible says, they were armed. They were armed, but for, turned back in the day of battle because they forgot the works of God. Paul puts it this way, the writer of Hebrews, he says, consider the former days. Cast not away your confidence. He says, but consider the former days in when you were first illuminated. In other words, to confront today's challenges, think about things he has done for you yesterday. Okay? People tell me, well, there are things I'm praying about. God seems not to have answered. I say, I agree. But, I will, but if you give me your life, I will show you things you never prayed about that God did. And the reason why what you are reaching out seems, what you want seems out of your reach, is because you've not saturated your consciousness with the things God did in the past. Doors he opened up for you. In fact, the way God taught me, he said, you, you know, he said, you know how I entered into rest on the seventh day? I said, he said, it's the law of reproduction. He said, I only created once. Created two human beings. After that, every other person has come through reproduction. Not, there's nobody here. God created directly that he went and formed and breathed for you to come into existence. You came as a result of what? Reproduction. Any plant you see is reproduction. Any dog you see is reproduction. Any cat you see is reproduction. He told me, he said, listen, I only do things once. He said, if I've given a person a job once, as far as I'm concerned, that person can never be unemployed. He said, because if you have, you're in business, you've gotten a deal once, as far as it's concerned, I've given you the lifeline to have deals for the rest of your life. He said, the reason, if you've met somebody once that you didn't think you would meet, and you met that person and a relationship was established, he said, I have opened the door for relationships for the rest of your life. It's gratitude that brings it. He says, listen, because when the fruit is given to you, the seed is always inside the fruit. The seed is for continuity, the fruit is for your benefit. So in any experience that you have, there's a seed of what? Continuity there. He said, and that's how I entered into rest. I entered into rest by, all right, reproduction. He said, tell people that they will get into rest by what? Understanding this. So it's what you are mindful of. You have opportunity to express. Now, if somebody comes and say, talks, or, like somebody came into a town and said, so how is this, he said, ask an elderly man, how is this city you are coming into? How is this city I'm getting into? He said, how was the one you came out of? He <laughs> said, because what happened to you is what will continue to happen. Are you following what I'm saying? That's why the Bible says, to him that has, it shall be what? Given. To him that has not. Even that which he has. Which means he does have. But because his consciousness is, I have not. That's why many times what you call arrogance in some people is confidence. They wait. Whoever will be king must crown himself in his room and come out. As, a, as an attitude. As a, but you see the attitude person is going for just leaps and bounds. He has an attitude. He has an attitude. Are you following me? And so, even if everybody doesn't know who, I mean, I mean David, I mean, and this is the key to it, David didn't know, um, David's brothers didn't know what David had experienced. That's why when David said he's going for Goliath, even his elder brother told him, you're an arrogant guy. Until Saul came and said, where do you get your confidence? He said, let me tell you the story of my life. There was a day nobody knew 
I was with the bear. A deer was with the lion. The same God who delivered me will deliver me from this. So there are things that nobody knows that God delivered you from. You have a story that you, you may not have told anybody that was very personal to you. But God showed up. You have to anchor your future on those things. That promise must be planted into that soil. And the way you do that is through gratitude. All right, which means that you constantly are giving thanks to God for those things that he has done. That's why you can never, you can never, listen to what I'm saying, you can never meet a human being who is dissatisfied, complaining, murmuring, ever make progress. It is impossible. Let me repeat, impossible. Person has a, I don't know what's going on. I'm always playing victim. Never. Are you following here? Never. Look, there was a guy, I'm going to tell this story, I've never said it before. He had a severe handicap. He was getting married to a lady in church. Very solid lady, beautiful lady, and all that. She came with handicap. I didn't even know when she told me, she said, she must do the wedding. I said, okay, I will do the wedding for you. Do you know I got to the place? Got to the place. I've never said this before. And at the place in the wedding, you've got to kneel down and for communion. So I'd whisper to her, when I, I didn't know, when I saw him, I said, look, when he gets to that part of communion, I tried to, look, we can now die. So she whispered it to him. He just turned around. What are you saying? I will do it. He didn't wear the victim. I knew why he was making progress. So let them put it. Is, is he kneel down? I will kneel down by myself. It was going to be difficult, but he did it. Somebody else comes and announce what is wrong with them first at the door. So I get special treatment. Do you get what I'm saying here? Are you following me? Because when you play the, look, you know, one time we say a sales system in church, I saw people to go into groups. And the guy was very smart. Into groups and pray with your friends and make it well. So he came to me and said, Pastor, I said, what? He said, I need to change the cell I belong to. He said, why? He said, Pastor, you know, I saw a scripture. I've been with these guys for long. Eh? And I saw a scripture. He said, why? He said, you know, there were friends who brought the <laughs> to the temple. Eh? He said, these people have helped me as a victim for so long. The hands that have done that can't be the hands that will heal you. They won't see me in the new light. They will always see me in that old light. Why do you think God told Abraham, get out of your father's house? The reason is that, look, in this environment, you know, one time I was flying in Nigeria from Lagos, Bobinia, and there was a man on the side beside me. He said, my name is Susan. So he said, oh, my daughter has to go to your church. I said, fine. So we just got talking. He said to me, he said, I came out with the first class in, I think it was in physics, and it was in University of Badon. So I went back, I was doing it. He said, one of the lecturers just called me. He said, come here. He said, what? He said, leave this place. Leave it. He said, but, he said, listen to what I'm saying, that you're young, leave. He said, we see you as a student, and no matter what you do, we always see you as a student. You can't accomplish your destiny in this environment. Get out now. He had built labs in Nigeria, and the only two human beings that were doing it in the whole of Nigeria, so he was flying around. He said, 
it was that man that gave him the word breakthrough. See, if you see yourself as a victim, do you get what I'm saying? Haven't you seen that people that beg people for things, people give them something small? People that have, and they want to buy things for their birthday, they'll be thinking, what, what am I going to get for this person? Now, this person already has all. <laughs> to him that has, more is what? Given. To him that has not, even that which he has is taken away from him. So everybody, that scripture means everybody has. The people that are attracting more are conscious of what they have. The people that are losing are conscious of what they don't have. So, fourth thing or fifth thing is maintain all right, a brief, brief routine daily of this reconditioning. I advise three times a day. And then have supporting materials all right, in your house to assist you. In other words, when you wake up, let it be something. Now, nobody has to... Nobody has to... I mean, if you do, I mean for example... Okay, for example now, I can, I can take this now and I can, I can look at this and it can mean something to me that nobody else knows that this means to me. So you don't have to write your vision where the other person will see it and say, what, what, you see? Because the more people interfere with it that way, the more difficulties will come to pass. So you can have imagery there that just speaks to you and only you. Reminds you of that vision and tells you to come to pass. All right. So, the process is, number one, your vision or goal should be created. What do you want to manifest in the next two years of your life? A clear written vision of that. Add a scriptural backing there to your written vision, which means... Because when you want to declare it, you have scriptural backing. So when you are saying it, you reference the scripture so that it supports your belief of that particular thing. Now, the fastest way to tell people is this. The Bible says that to Abraham and to his seed were all the promises made. So all the promises God gave to Abraham, all right, and I will say this because everywhere I go and I teach Nigerians who left Nigeria, I need to tell you so that you break through in every country, all right, where you are. Do you get what I'm saying? Okay. All right? Since you have come, you have come. Okay? <laughs> Take the land, you kiss it, it's your land. Amen. Do you understand? And let me just say this so I don't forget. Let me just say this. I said it in Canada and somebody there told me, said, listen to me, that did it for me. Any seed, because uh, scripture is a seed, a seed you plant. If I take a seed and I plant it here in Manchester, it grows. I can take that seed to Johannesburg, South Africa, it won't grow. I can take that seed to Australia, it won't grow. I can take the seed to United States of America, it will grow. Okay, now, we are taught in biology for any seed to grow, it needs light, it needs water, it needs air. In all of these countries, there's light, there's water, there's air. Why is it growing in some places and it's not growing inside some places? All right? A seed needs one more thing. It needs nutrients in the soil. 
Okay? And I need to tell Christians this, because there were a lot of Christians' message. You see all the light, the air, you can say it's prayer, revelation, and all of that. But nutrients in the soil is information that is not coming from above. It's information that is in the earth. Many Christians don't have information that is in the earth. Do you understand what I'm saying here? They don't understand banking systems in that place. They pray for prosperity, they confess prosperity, everything in the air, they are lifted, but they don't have the connection. So when you come into another country, you have to make friends with people who have been living in that country for centuries. They have information you don't have. All your friends can be Nigerians and Africans. Do you understand what I'm saying? Or else you just be going around in circles. Do you get what I'm saying here? Yeah. You need to go and look for people in Manchester you know, whose grand, great, 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 great grandparents have been living here. You go to where they go, you sit down with them. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can't be going from Nigerian party to Jollof Do you get what I'm saying? <laughs> Do you hear what I'm saying here? It will be uncomfortable, it will be awkward, but listen. I finished. She's a minister of church, she's in, she's in Canada. She wrote me, she said, Pastor, what you said is exact. She has a business where they do skincare. She said, a French Canadian walked in and told me, said, listen, give me this business, I'll do some promotional thing for you and all that. Said, no, the way we do it is we do this. I said, give me, she said, she tried her. She told me after I said business, Pastor, if you know the business that was coming in from what she did on the internet, just made some adjustments. Said, as you said it now, now you explained what happened by chance. I am going back to sit. Are you, you get what I'm saying? You, if you, because this is what happens to Christians. They have revelation. They have everything. But they don't understand how the structure works. And they call it the world system. We are not touching. Are you following what I'm saying? Look, you may be able, you may be talented. You may be, you may, and you know, people react to those things. Oh, so what I talk about, they are not anointed people. <laughs> See, Moses, Moses, parted the Red Sea. Moses. All that massive thing. His father in law came to meet him. This ministry you are doing, you will die here. Let me advise you how to do the ministry. He could have turned around and said to him, I'm telling you, you are not this, you are not that, you don't know that, you don't have the grace here, the anointing came on me, I'm a priest, a prophet, and a king. He said, listen, he took the advice and put his system in place. Some of the people that will tell you what to do are not Christians. Do you get what I'm saying here? They do not go to church, but they have the information. Are you following what I'm saying here? Okay. So, put down your vision, manifest in two years. Give yourself time. Don't put yourself under pressure. In three months, in two weeks. Because once you're anxious, it won't work. Have scriptural backing for it. Now, while repeating... I should have made an adjustment to a confession I made and put it up here. Huh? Tomorrow. Okay, okay, okay I'll do it tomorrow. But they will put on the screen tomorrow. All right, so. In other words, I have to continue this. <laughs> All right. 
Now, please, oh, so I'll just continue tomorrow, no problem. While repeating the vision to yourself, so what you do is it's written, it's scripture. Now, this is the process of meditation. In meditation, meditation is not just shutting your eyes. Meditation has to start with your mouth. In other words, this book of the Lord shall not do what? Depart out of your mouth. But thou shalt do what? Meditate upon it. So, while you have the confession there, while repeating the vision to yourself and declaring it, meditate upon that particular thing, which means the fulfillment of it. All right? See the fulfillment of you know, because what's going to happen is once you start meditating on it, you are awakening, all right? That's the process there of going to awakening that recognition so that you see what God's word is saying on the outside, okay? I mean, let me, let me give you an example. God gave me a scripture and it went exceedingly. I will make the exceedingly. So I saw the scripture. He, I saw that scripture. It came to me a few days ago. Pam. So I saw it. So there's a friend of mine who sends me daily devotionals. All right. I mean, the journalist just sends them to me because he sent me one. I said, I like it. He said, he'll be sending it to me every day. So he sent me one two days ago, and I checked it. And it was a man, Bobby Andian, that was teaching and said, the word exceedingly, original rendering of it simply means, and when you say that word exceedingly anywhere, it means rapidly. So when he says, I will make the exceedingly fruitful, I will make you rapidly fruitful. So I'm just trying to say is what you see, you start seeing. What you have heard, you start hearing. Okay? Link it to some supernatural events that happened in your past. Establish a daily routine for declaring and meditating on the vision. So you are praying to God to open your heart. You are praying to God to open up your mind to open up your eyes and to open up your ears. And then you have your vision there while you're meditating on it. All right, declaring and meditating upon it until there's what is called the renewal of the spirit of your mind, Ephesians 4.3 or 23. Ephesians 4.23, which is um, renewing the spirit of your mind. That's at subconscious levels. As you daily repeat it, it becomes a habit of thought. All right, it moves from just wishful thinking, nice ideas, hopeful goals, because it's not just I saw myself in the mirror and then I went my way and forgot what manner of man that I was, but I'm looking at this. What you're now doing is resetting that reticular activating system to recognize anything in your environment that will bring about the realization of that particular thing. When it sinks into that part of your mind, it becomes your new normal. In other words, that's how you are now. You're on that level. That's how you see things. That's how you think about things. All right. That's the way in which you are. Now, please, don't stress over perfection every single day. You say you do it three times a day and you do it two times, don't at night say I'm finished. Do you get what I'm saying? What I'm trying to say is this. If you decide you carry weights in the morning and carry weights in the evening and you already carry weights in the morning, it does have some impact. Do you get what I'm saying here? All right? 
It may not happen as fast as you want it to happen, but it does have some impact. That's why the Bible says that the measure of thought and study you give to it will determine the measure of power and virtue you get. 30-fold, 60, 100-fold is determined by how much you give yourself to it. If you give yourself 30-fold, you get 30-fold result. But every time you give yourself to it, something happens. Okay? Two major keys to its effectiveness, consistency and clarity. All right? They've said if two people are doing things, one is inconsistent and one is consistent, all right? If you draw the graph, it goes like this, a straight line for a while. The inconsistent person is a straight line for a while. The consistent person is a straight line for a while. And all the time, the consistent person just shoots up. And at that point, the inconsistent person can't catch up with the consistent person. So for some time, it looks like, and then shoots up. All right, so make your statements clear and vivid. Find it, all right, why don't you settle with it, you put in the scriptures, you connect things to the past, you, you come to realize, okay, this, this fits my declaration, and then I engage myself in the process every day. Then lastly, I just want to say something here. When you go into prayer, and this is the last part here, and you now start praying, or engaging in any activity with God. This is fairly important. The reason why I'm saying this is that you remember that the way Jacob changed the DNA of those animals that caused them to bring forth animals that were different from how they appeared huh? was by placing what he wanted them to bring forth before their eyes. But he didn't do it just at any time. He did it when they were mating. If he didn't do it when they were mating, and when they were mating, they were seeing something else. Do you get what I'm saying? They would have produced not what he was showing them, but what they saw. All of these things we are saying is that when you come together with God, in prayer or in worship, it is this image that is there as you are praying. That's what we are getting to. Are you following what I'm saying here? See, God showed me something and it's correct. Don't, you know, Africans, we like praying against disaster. We don't pray for, we pray. You say, I pray against accidents. No. You pray for what? Safety. You don't pray against sudden death. You pray for long life. Because if what you carry is sudden death, then you are seeing death. If a person is ill, you don't pray. Seeing that person, are you following me saying, yeah? On the bed. God, heal him. God. You pray for that person, seeing that person back at work. Doing the things. That's the image. That's why when those guys were praying for Peter, the whole church, they saw Peter dead. So when they got into prayer, they were reinforcing what they had. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
All right? If, if whatever you carry into your consciousness in prayer is what you're going to reinforce. So what you're going to do is this build-up of meditation is to take you now so that anytime you want to pray about it, because it is in the place of prayer that something happens. So when it says, when you pray, go in, shut the door. That shutting the door behind you is that you go into that world there. Right? You are seeing it, and I will show it, I will show this in scripture. You are seeing it and you are praying. So when you are going through spiritual exercises with God, it is imperative that you have the right image before you. Because the scripture tells us, we're going to see this, it says, with an open face we are beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord and the spirit of God changes us into the same what? Image. Is the same thing he says in Romans chapter 8, verse 24. He says, hope that is seen is not hope. For if we see it, why do we yet hope for it? But he says, if we see it not, in other words, if, if it's not natural, if we are looking at something we can't see, he said, likewise the Spirit helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what to pray for as we are by the Spirit. Which means, when the Spirit begins to help you, he's helping you to fulfill that thing that you are seeing that you don't know how to pray about. Do you get what I'm saying here? Because if Joseph saw himself somewhere, Joseph didn't know how to get to that place. In in other words, listen, if Joseph was going to strategize, then he would have strategized to go to prison. And then in prison, you now have to build a strategy that those two guys must get into trouble and come. And then they must have a dream. How, How do you plan that? And then you must see them downcast when they had that dream. And then you must, now, you must now get the interpretation of the dream. And then you have strategized that Pharaoh too must now dream. And that Pharaoh must mention that dream to the chief butler because you have no control over that. He may not tell him. And then the chief butler must remember you. You know you forgot the last time. Must not remember you. Then they must send for you. And then your faith can be anything. And you'll have been blessed. You say, release him, go home. You are blessed. Do you get what I'm saying? He wasn't expecting to become prime minister. He wasn't. He didn't wake up that morning expecting. So it's only the Holy Spirit that knows the details. Because he looks at the person you ought to meet. He says they're going to meet at the train station. When? 10 a.m. on Tuesday. The set date is 1st of August. On July 30th, you get a call. There's an emergency. You just said, stop him from whatever emergency he has. Ah, I can't be around. Yeah, he must be there because that's the arrangement. So you decide, you start your car, don't make sure the tire is flat. Flatten the tire, the flatten the tire. Then you look and say, maybe I should just go to where I was going. Uh-huh. Then you get on the train and then you meet with the person. Oh my goodness. Ah, say this is God. Do you get what I'm saying? It, see, if you don't allow the Holy Spirit to do that intercessory work on that vision, those coincidences won't happen. But you have to go with that image. There. So all this meditation we're talking about is to bring you to that place where you are praying out that thing. And let me close by showing you the scripture that says that. Look at, look at, look at um, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 from verse 13. I hope you gain something from this.
Now, so we start from the place here of, of confession. So, I, now, I'll be seeing what I've done so you don't get confused. You know there's a latter rain, there's a former rain and the latter. The former rain is for harvest, for planting. The latter rain is for harvest. You get that? All right? So, when you are praying, this is where people get milk. When you are praying at first, is the former rain that comes so that that thing will be planted inside you. Once it gets planted inside you, that image is established. Once you enter into the place of prayer, the Holy Spirit switches it to a latter rain prayer. Do you get what I'm saying there? Which means that once you enter, you get to a place of rest, you know that I, this thing is established inside me. I don't have to be pushing again. It is clear. I'm at rest. So what begins to happen is that it's now for an externalization of that particular thing. But many people are praying for an externalization without the seed being sown. Now, what I just said here is the Holy Spirit that has to regulate it in your own personal space to know whether you are in planting season or whether you are in harvest. Are you following? But in your consciousness, you will know when the switch has been made. You get what I'm saying? All right? I mean, I'm sure I put on my, and this is what I'm saying, that you don't know how it will happen. I mean, I'm sure you saw Steve Harry, Harry that was talking about the father, how he went global. I uh, said, when, I mean, you know, he went to announce the wrong person uh, at Miss World or Miss Universe. And he said, they told him, they actually told him, yeah, announce the name you see on your card. He saw the name Miss Columbia and announced the name Miss Columbia. And he, he, that was what was on the teleprompter. He announced it and then got back to his room and he said, you made a mistake. He said, he's going to go and correct it. They said, don't correct it. We'll do that press call. He said, no, it's on me. I must correct it. He said, which was the, naturally speaking, the biggest mistake he made. So the Holy Spirit, you may make what you consider as mistakes into the fulfillment that you may know is God. Do you get what I'm saying? Bishop Jakes, they asked him, he said, look, I stumbled into this thing. What he's trying to say is that, his reason is this. He said, I preached for, for, Carlton Pearson. Carlton Pearson decided to cut seven minutes of the message and play it on his program at TV, and he didn't have to do it. He had been doing Woman Thou at Loose for years. He said Carlton Pearson decided to cut seven minutes and play it. The time when he was playing his own seven minutes was when, what's his name, when Paul Crouch decided to go and get something in the fridge. He said he opened the fridge and heard him. And it was something Paul Crouch was going through that he spoke to in the seven minutes. And Paul Crouch called Carlton Pearson. Who is that man? The world must know about him. Bring him. We are putting him on TBN. He said, and we exploded. He said, what if Carlton Pearson didn't cut it? So his prayers will make God. Are you following what I'm saying here? Now, that's why I want to tell you something. When you are praying and you are heavy and the Holy Spirit stay on in prayer, he's trying to tell you that there's some things we are trying to arrange that demonic hold is still on it. Stay in it in prayer because when you get that release, it means it's telling you it's done. I've got the arrangement. You can go now. If you don't, what will happen is he will go and meet that person to talk to you and that person will forget. Or the person can walk up to where you are and say, I changed my mind. And then seven years after, then they hear that they changed their mind. 
Do you get what I'm saying? That's why when that weight is on you, don't just say, well, I'm, I'm, and what Satan does is tries to distract you because he knows that they are, you are about to break the thing and enter into the faithfulness of God as it were. So he said, leave it, leave it. So when you to leave it, then he says, we got it. So the thing in school, we used to call it El Tipo. We just crafted the word. You know, El Chada, it will be dripping. You just see that this thing is looking like it almost happened, but it didn't happen. And they said it, but they didn't say it. The person was so excited when they're telling you, don't worry about it, we'll reach it tomorrow. And you know the person was in line. You can't see this person was in line. But the person goes. That's why sometimes when we just use this cliche, God's time is the best. Sometimes it's not God's time. <laughs> All right? So he said he went there, announced everything. When he finished announcing it, when it changed, he said, oh, it was a mistake. It's not Miss Columbia. He said, he ran into trouble. And Columbia dies, and you know. <laughs> so he said, this guy will deal with you. He said, they came after him. He, he said, till date, he has bodyguards in his house. When they t- he said, we will take you out. You did what? He said, he, he, went, to call he went for dinner. It's right. By the time he woke up the next morning, in two days, he had gotten four billion hits. Google search of his name. He said, he was the most searched name in Google that year. He said, God, the pressure was to, he just sat down. Then he went to his vision board, he realized he had been praying, God make me a global brand. <laughs> God said, your name is now everywhere. Your brand is now global. <laughs> so God will, ch- that's what I'm saying, when there's a breakthrough, you may think it's a breakdown if you are not seeing right. So, verse 13, since we have the same spirit of faith according, 2 Corinthians 4, according as written, I believe, therefore I spoke. We also believe, therefore we speak. Now, knowing that the same spirit that raised up Jesus will raise us up and present us with you. So we speak so that the same spirit that did what? Raised up Jesus will raise us up. But how is he going to do it? For all things are for your sake, that grace, all right, my through, all right, the thanksgiving of many, all right, cause thanks even to abound to the glory of God. Therefore, we don't faint. Even though our outward man is perishing, our inward man is renewed day by day. For a light affliction, which is for a moment, walketh for us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. While we do what? Look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen are eternal. So he says, it will work for us. Now, the Bible, Paul's letters were written in chapters and verses, they were added for understanding. So if you read that and just go to the next word, it says, for we know that if our earthly house, this tent is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly designed to be clothed with a habitation which is from heaven. If indeed we've been clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tent grown, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but to be further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up of life. In other words, what you are doing when the spirit is growing is that that unseen thing, you want to be clothed with it. And you want there to be an exchange without your nakedness being seen. So you are not what? Unclothed, but you are what? Clothed upon. 
Do you get me? But you are looking at something when you're praying. So one of the worst things is to be praying and looking at the negative. That's why all the meditation there brings you to the place where it changes. Like we said at the beginning, people can be praying, but they are looking at the wrong thing. You can be praying for a job and be looking at the color of your skin. Are you following me? Be praying at the meeting and be looking at you. Can be praying for something and be looking at the type of degree you got, whether you got first class. That's what you're looking at. For that, what you're praying to God. For it's what you are looking at that the Spirit of God will produce. So if somebody is looking at something and is praying, he's saying, Holy Spirit. All right, so the burden comes. That burden is an indication to that person. There's work to be done for everything to align. And as you're praying and the body is being lifted, the angels are being released. And once the body is lifted, it means the alignment has been made. And once the alignment has been made, then you are going to have what is called a coincidence. Are you wrong, huh? You'll find yourself at the right time, in the right place, among the right people. Because people will come and meet you and say, what's the key to success? Being the right place among the right time. I say, how do we do that? <laughs> <laughs> You've made it more difficult. How do I be in the right place and the right time, right people? All right, it's the spirit of God that will orchestrate that. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. And I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice. By your spirit, let this word take root inside their hearts. And let it bring forth great fruit in their lives. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you all. Amen. Amen. Let's keep putting our hands together for Jesus. I believe it was a very insightful session. Thank you very much, Pastor. Um, we'll be seated now and... We will take questions and answers. And today, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to be, um, I'm going to be very one kind. We'll, we'll slug it out after the seminar. But four questions, please. And I'm going for the first four people's hands that I see. One, Mr. Chopin. Two, four questions. If you are still decided to form the question, finish four minutes. So are we having two questions then? And we're all good. Pastor was very explicit, Abby. We're clear. Okay, Mr. Shokwe. Yes, you can. Yeah, you have to come so, you, so we can hear. Yeah. Thank, thank you very much, sir. Yeah. Uh, for the opportunity. Uh, so... The, the image you have in your, in your mind when you pray, yes. that's what the Holy Spirit works on. Yes. The example of the church, the early church, yes. when they were praying for Peter, yeah. the image they had was wrong. Yes. Uh, how do we balance that? If you understand what I mean. Okay. 
that Peter was. So the image they had in their head as they were praying. So like you said, I mean, when the lady came and said, Peter is at the oh, door. Oh, how did Peter come out? No, no, no. Pretty much, essentially, yes. So, so you are asking friend, that... Even with their wrong image... Peter came out. Peter came out. Oh, that's a good question. Okay, you remember when Jesus said, Satan has asked that he might be sifted as wit. Of course. But I pray, but that I pray that for you. Yeah, that's what happened. It's Jesus' prayer that was answered, not that. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right, that's good. That's a good question. That's a very good observation. Yeah, praise the Lord. Okay, my question is quite straightforward. So, you said something about the example you gave about um, the men that helped the leper go get to where it should be, where it will okay, get healed. So, let me be clear so that there's caveat. It was an example somebody told me. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah I remember. Yes. Not that I said. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, um, essentially, okay, so. So you can't progress, according to what you said, if I understand, you can't progress depending on the kind of things you are hearing from. Oh yeah, that's, that's yeah. certain. So how do you differentiate that from staying somewhere where you're not surrounded with psychophants that just tell you what you want to hear? How do you find that balance? Uh, but where Jesus, I mean, uh, people just assume that once you are, you know, people assume that um, when you say you should surround yourself with supportive people, you are talking about psychophants. It's not right. All right? And many people justify rebellion by saying that we are, we are being the ones. Jesus could do no mighty works. You know there's a scripture that when he was surrounded by wrong people who undermined him. You know that? Well, and is it that people that now surrounded him were psychophants? They were not. Even Peter wasn't a psychophant. You can swear that he wasn't. So don't let's take it as from one side to another side. That you surround yourself with people that are supportive doesn't mean that you don't surround yourself with people that are honest, that they do not have integrity. That, that, that doesn't mean, um, see, uh, listen to this here. I interact with Bishop Vidipo. One time we had a discussion, he said, I like you, you say what is on your mind. All right, you tell me as it is, what, that's how it is. But you cannot, find me publicly speaking against him. I support him 100. But that doesn't mean in our discussion, I don't say, look, I think this is the way we should do it. This is the way I see it. This is the way we should see it. So let's not say that if a person is supportive, he's a psychophant. It's not wrong now. When God said that, I'll give you a help meet, is he saying he was given a psychophant? It's not now. All right? Then what we now do is we now justify negative critical people as being people that are honest and it's not... All right. If you surround yourself with people that don't want you to go far in life, you are surrounded by them. You can never go far. It's impossible you can never go far. The only way you can do it is you don't tell them your vision. You don't say anything. When you talk to them, just tell them that, ah, we'll just go here. <laughs> then get up, all right, and go and execute, all right, that particular thing. And let me tell you what will happen. And this is how you know because it has happened to me before, where I escaped from a group of people to go and execute something by myself. When you execute it and you get the result, those people are going to attack, all right, that result. Are you following what I'm saying here? In other words, what they probably will do to you is that you have four friends here, you went out and then you got this whole congregation to become your friend. 
These four people are going to tell you that those congregations, they don't like you, that we are the ones that like you, and try to talk those people out of that so that you will return back to just four of them. Are you following what I'm saying? And if you don't know that that is spiritual warfare that is going on, then there will be a problem. All right? Okay. God bless you all. Should I have mercy? Okay, please come forward. Um, I need that mic. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> Pastor, mercy abounds for you. It's our brother. Um, good morning, sir. My question is, do you get your vision from the scripture or find scriptures to fit your vision? No, 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 no. It's a good question. Wait, wait, wait. And I will answer it because the easiest way to say it is just to say you get script, you get your vision from scriptures. But Abraham did not have scriptures when he got vision. Moses didn't have scripture when he got vision. Uh, the people in the Bible is after they got vision that they wrote and said, "This is it here." All right. So God can place a vision inside the heart of a person. All right, which there can be a scripture for it, but as of that time, the person doesn't even know that there's a scripture for it. Do you get what I'm saying here? All right, so but it's a vision that is there. Now, any vision that you have, if it's, when I say vision now, something that is burning inside your heart, that, because this, what he's asking, him hampers a lot of Christians, because there is no scripture for technology breakthrough. You can't see until the technology comes out. You can't, you, you can't even understand. So many Christians don't do things because they are saying that they don't have scripture for it. Okay? So here is the issue here. When we say have scripture, there are two ways you can look at it. First of all, in the Logos, which is the general counsel of God, number one, that vision doesn't hurt anybody. That vision doesn't take from anybody. All right? that vision benefits people, which means that the spirit of that vision is contributing to humanity, it's, and you are not depriving anybody of anything, all right, in order for that vision to be fulfilled. Do you get what I'm saying here? All right? You are not, you are not, you are not contradicting the spirit of God, which means you are not betraying anybody, you are not, you are not doing anything harmful to anybody for the fulfillment of that particular vision. Okay? Now, if it is like that in your heart and you do not, all right, uh, it didn't come from scripture, it's a desire, then take it up to God in prayer, okay? And when you pray, uh, the process of bringing you to a place where you'll be fully persuaded in your heart, he'll give you scriptural references, all right, to, to support um, that particular thing you are doing. But so long as something that is inside your heart does not hurt, harm, or because the whole of the commandments God gave, the Ten Commandments, if you really look at it, was to protect us from one another. In other words, you won't commit murder, you won't steal, you won't covet. It's about injuring somebody for your own, for you to do that. So long as your vision is not like that, all right, then you are in, you are in good stead, all right, with God in terms of praying about it. Do you get what I'm saying? All right, you should go with it. If someone tells me, so long as it doesn't validate that, um, 
you, you should go, go with that particular vision. In the process of praying to God about it, if, if when scriptures begin to come to you that relate with it, uh, God, the only thing that probably happens is that God expands it or God gives you a purpose for the fulfillment of that particular thing. When I say purpose now, it means that if it's a business, it means that he shows you something that he also wants to do through that particular business. All right? But don't shut down your vision saying that I, I will not go with anything except it's the scripture that first of all tells me I should go with it. Because in that, it's, not, it's not realistic. And it's not even scriptural. You get what I'm saying? All right. It entered into the heart of Moses. That's scripture now. Uh, but there was no scripture. Huh? But God had told Abraham. Are you following me here? Let me even give a practical example. When Kenneth Hagin went to Tolta and bought the land, and he just looked at it and said, this is where the Bible school is going to be. He said, this part of the land is where we're going to put the Bible school. They built the Bible school. Years after some woman came in and said, my grandmother and brought the document. My grandmother used to come here to pray. There were fields where we used to farm. And they talked about it. And she stood on this floor and prophesied, I think in 1909, that from these grounds there shall be a center. And they will train people who will go into all the ends of the earth. But there is no scripture. Uh, do you get what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So, so, um, as you, as, so long as you're not injured, it's not, it's not harming anybody. You're not trying to take some. You didn't see somebody's idea and say, let me go and steal this thing. So long as it's not that. All right. Then it's consistent with the Spirit of God. Hmm? All right. The scripture you should follow is whatsoever things you desire. Are you We're good. We're good.